Hello out there and welcome to the Friends Like Films podcast. I'm Britt. And I'm Greg. And this is the podcast for you to hang out with us for a bit while we discuss a movie one or both of us loves. And it's our 20th episode and we have a guest this week. A friend of mine that I've known now for probably eight years. We used to work together. Um, and he's a fellow film lover and I'm happy to welcome Mr. Terry Cudmore to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. Big fan of the show. You know, Welcome, first, first time caller in. First time, long time. So, yeah. Long time listener, sure. first time caller in. Um, so, as you know, uh, Terry, from, from listening, we usually start with some movie news. Um, I'm going to start with um, Greg. You alerted me to this fact <laughs> no. that Ana de Armas, her new Marilyn Monroe uh, biopic, too sexy for netflix yeah netflix they didn't pull the plug so i i'm i mean i guess that's good (laughs) but uh she was in a movie like i don't know five six years ago where she like vaguely resembled marilyn monroe and ever since then it was just like she needs to play marilyn monroe and so they they went and cast her in the movie and i guess the first cut was uh extremely sexy (laughs) okay um, so, uh, so much so that the director and Netflix are in like a huge argument about what the cut is going to be. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a little surprised. Like, I know Marilyn Monroe is obviously a sex symbol. Um, and I usually don't think of biopics as being racy. Um, but I guess when you're doing one on a sex symbol, it's to be expected. Um, I mean, in a so. lot of ways, like she's the sex symbol, like she's still the standard for a lot of people. Like, like as far, not necessarily like her looks. I'm just saying like she's like a legendary sex symbol, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought but you were talking about Ana de Armas for a second. Well, it, for me right now, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, okay. It's thoughts, like Terry. From the article, it was more about like kind of the darker periods of her life, though. Like it didn't sound super sexy. It sounded more like graphic. Yeah, like, I, um, I also read that. Uh, uh, I mean, well, I, I, I hope. She had a lot of dark stuff going on in her life, too. I mean, I think if you're going to make a good movie, you have to tell that story at least, too. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I say I read that uh, Ana de Armas worked with like a vocal coach for like almost a year just so that she could pretend to be American because her accent is so strong. She's from Cuba. Oh, wow. Yeah. And to get the Marilyn Monroe voice down as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. There's like She has her own kind of like sound, but generally yeah. just has an American accent, right? Just a little high octave, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe like a little like airy yeah. as well, and yeah. So um, my condolences, Greg, that they're going to cut things. Only down. delayed for now. We'll see what happens. Do you see who's yeah. going to play Joe DiMaggio though? No. Who? No. Bobby Cannavale. Oh, okay, Get that works. Out. Yeah, that works. Wait, am I the only one that did the homework? Like, I read the link that you posted in the. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, I already knew about the news, so I didn't oh. think I had to read the link. <laughs> oh my god, I love Bobby Cannavale. Um, yeah. What a great choice! I love him in the Station Agent. If you guys have have you seen the Station Agent? I've heard wonderful things. I've never seen it. That's with Peter Dinklage too, right? Oh my god, yes. I haven't seen it either. I like that show Vinyl that like only lasted a season. I thought that was pretty good. I don't know why they canceled it, but whatever. Yep. Um, 
and obviously I love Boardwalk Empire and he was incredible in Boardwalk married to Rose Byrne too that's right oh, yeah. married to Rose Byrne what a power couple yeah. right it was, was... kind of asshole stepdad in Ant-Man 1 but then he was a good guy in yeah, Ant-Man yeah. 2 yep cool yeah. um <laughs> I guess in the same vein as um, casting news, Brendan Fraser is coming back in a big way. About time. It's about time. I missed him. Um, he's going to be in Martin Scorsese's uh, The Killing of the Flower Moon uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio, and John Lithgow is also going to be in that movie now. Yeah, I hope, uh, I hope Brendan Fraser gets the comeback he deserves. You heard what happened to him, right? Like, why he was blacklisted. Oh, yeah. He, he, that's crazy. He So, yeah. for those who don't know, he basically yeah. outed, I don't know who, I'm not going to say names because I'm going to get it wrong, but it was some big-time Hollywood executive for groping him at a party. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, at the time, people were not, uh, you know, you weren't allowed to make those claims at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, with, like, men, too. Like, it's... It's a shame that he, you know, came out and said these things, which takes a lot of courage, and um, was blacklisted for it. Yeah, I mean, it, nowadays you hear a lot about how how women were abused in Hollywood and still are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, people don't talk about the abuse that men have suffered as well. Not as much. I mean, not that men, you know, men, men have had it pretty good overall, but it still happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Didn't Terry Crews have a kind of yeah. similar incident? Yep, exactly. Um, and who knows how many others that haven't said anything. Um, but very excited for him. I saw an interview recently. Um, basically, the interview was saying to Brendan Fraser, "Like we're all we're so excited for you. Like we're we're all behind you in this." And um, he got like he got visibly emotional knowing that the internet and people are so excited to to have him back in yeah. movies i love those yeah. mummy movies we t- i think we talked about it in the last episode like adventure movies like those mummy movies the first two at least were amazing oh yeah yeah and the uh is is this the movie that like leo looks like maybe 10 pounds heavier and the internet freaked out and was like this is like fat leo <laughs> yeah, yeah. that is the movie okay. terry yes all right i want to make sure yes the the headlines were like leo unrecognizable in new movie i feel like that like, that headline has happened like 15 times over the years anytime he gains like more than 10 pounds but i didn't even <laughs> think he gained weight he just looked tired <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, well, it looked like makeup. Yeah. It looked like yeah. he, he clearly had like makeup on. Yeah, I thought he looked worse than Django, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, yeah, but he also like had to look like a like a spoiled like asshole southern guy. I don't know. Like, I felt right, like he was yeah. not supposed to look like super put together. He was supposed to look like a real slimy guy. Fair enough. Yeah, with a drinking yeah. problem. Hmm. Yeah. So happy for Brendan Fraser. Um, other bit of casting news: Idris Elba is going to be Knuckles in Sonic Two. I really thought they would not make the second movie, but the, I mean the first one did pretty good, but only because it was right before COVID. I thought like it was going to like remember people were joking about it getting an Oscar nom because it was the only movie that actually made it out in right. theaters. But um, I thought it was pretty good, but I just was shocked that they would actually make a second one. Didn't feel like a I'll- franchise to me. 
I'll be honest with you, I I didn't see it. I didn't see the the Sonic movie. My son's been watching it quite a bit. <laughs> and he, I, I knew we were doing this. I asked him, I said, hey, Idris Elba's going to be Knuckles. Yeah. And he just said, yes. Uh, I mean, he's on board. good. So he's an Idris Elba fan. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It was entertaining. Like, I think if any, like, people our age that played Sonic when you were, when they were a kid would enjoy the movie. It was good enough. Mm-hmm. So I never, I played Sonic 1 and 2, and then was Knuckles in 3? Like, my familiarity with Knuckles is very minimal. Knuckles was in 3, and then they had Sonic and Knuckles, where, like, you could put the cartridge on top of the cartridge, and then play as Knuckles in the previous games. Ooh. Hmm. What is Knuckles? Uh, an echidna. What? Right. And what is Yeah, yeah what is that? that? Some kind of animal. I think an echidna is a real animal, but he plays obviously a cartoon red version. Okay. And I didn't. I haven't seen the end, Greg. But can Jim Carrey return as Doctor Robotnik? Uh, well, he's not dead. I don't. I actually don't. I think he just gets like sent to another universe or another dimension or something. I don't really remember. <laughs> Why don't we get your son on the pod and he can tell us? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's got. My son's very big into like uh, minutes twenty to fifty of movies. That's kind of where the <laughs> sweet spot is. That's where the meat of the film is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can yeah. get the gist of a lot of movies in that time frame. Yeah. We we've seen the Monte Carlo part of Iron Man two. I want to say about twenty five times. Great scene. Yeah. <laughs> the kid likes what he likes. I respect that. Um, I'm gonna save what if thoughts for last. Um, Trailer news, uh, we just got the first trailer for Why the Last Man, the new series on FX, guys, FX, Fox. Or is it FX on Hulu? Yeah, like an FX Hulu combo. Yes. Okay, so Terry, you said you've been reading the comics. Yeah, so I am through book four, which I think is like through 40 or 45 of the issues, so 60 total. Wow. Um, So I like it. Uh, I am a little nervous but how it's going to end. And I don't know if that's just like PTSD from How I Met Your Mother, where I'm always just kind of like, <laughs> could the ending ruin all the time and effort I've put in here? But yeah. so so far I like it. So far I'm interested in seeing it. I will say there was a big piece of it spoiled for me, and I didn't know when it was going to happen. Mm. And it hasn't happened yet. And so now I'm kind of fearful oh. like that's going to be like kind of like, I was hopeful it was more of like a Ned Stark type situation. Yeah. And that's that's not what has happened. Um, okay. And I say that not giving any spoilers away by saying something that happened, something big that would happen early on. Yeah. Well, for, for those who have not seen the trailer, like the basic concept is some kind of mystery disease kills all the men and it's only women left. And obviously the population, the population of the earth is half roughly. <laughs> yeah. Except for this one right. guy, Yorick. Right. Okay. Right. And so that's, it's wise for Yorick, the last man. It's him and his male capuchin monkey. So right. there's two male species left. It's this guy and the male monkey. Anytime I hear capuchin monkey, I always think of Night at the Museum. Oh, yeah. that's the monkey that uh, Ben Stiller has that like slap fight with. Yep, yep. So um, I haven't read any of the comics. Uh, Greg, you haven't either. But from the trailer and just thinking about the concept, I'm assuming that... Uh, they want this man to let do they want this man to like help repopulate the society like do all these women uh, that like that is not the focal point it, yeah I'm sure they want they want him for a lot of reasons I imagine yeah <laughs> uh, let's just say there's a uh, you know as as current populations are women want a lot of different things so I would so just sure. leave it at that like not not everyone is is looking for a um, not everyone is pro man 
Yeah, that's that's a good way of looking. Yes, at it. And, you know, yeah. It's fascinating. Uh, one, one thing I, I will say is uh, Olivia Thrillby or Thrillby. Yep. The yep. actress, the best friend from Juno. Yep. I always liked her. I always kind of just wanted to see her do more stuff. So she plays the his sister, the last man's oh. sister. So that's a pretty big role in the comic book. So I'm assuming it'd be a big role in the show. Nice. Oh, awesome! And then yeah. Diane Lane, I think, plays his mom. Okay, yeah, she, she does. Yep, I remember a lot of good her mom roles for her lately. She what? was Superman's mom, and then she was in that other movie oh, with yeah. uh, with well, Kevin Costner was also Superman's dad, and then they were in a movie yeah. together as the parents of um, it was he's not coming home or something like that, or he's uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're yeah, talking he's about. Not like, don't let back. him go. Yeah, don't let, let him go, go. Right where their son yeah. dies, and then they oh yeah they, yeah yeah I forget the rest. Was that good? Um, I don't really remember that much about it, so probably... I'm going to say no. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say it was bad. And it was a relatively recent movie, too. Yeah. Jesus. That was definitely one of those COVID releases where they just released it instead of putting it in the theater, so, yeah. Yeah. I I think Diane Lane has a good face for a mom, like, in a movie. Like, she just seems, like, kind and non-threatening. Yeah. You know? That's what I think. I like Diane Lane. (laughs) <laughs> sure. Um, Suicide Squad. Both of you have watched it. The Suicide Squad, I should say. The new one. Because um, there's like 50 cuts of this movie, apparently. Um, oh, so, really? yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, oh. A, there's a new uh, hashtag campaign. Release the, the David Iyer oh. cut, if I'm pronouncing this his is, name this right. This is going to be a thing with like every DC movie now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I haven't seen it, so don't spoil it for me, but as much as you can, what are your spoiler-free reviews of The Suicide Squad? Uh, I think I liked it better than the first one, which is, I didn't like the first one all that much, so let's just clarify. Okay. But I liked it better than the first one. Okay. I'm on the opposite side oh, really? of the table with that one. I, I actually Ooh. liked the first one. Okay. I think there were a lot of problems with the first one, specifically the the big bad in the first one. I thought was just a complete mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really understand. Was this supposed to be a sequel? Like in some ways, I get that it was, but it wasn't really. I thought this was kind of like, for lack of a term, like a reimagining, like a like a reset. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting a little bit more of. I thought the first one did a better job of like setting up. Here's what it is, and I felt like in this one they like rushed it. And they were like, oh, if you do this mission, you get a year off your prison sentence. All right, go. Like, it, it, like in the first one, Viola Davis had to kind of get approval for it, and I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a sequel in some ways. Like, it's, um, like it, I think they use the first one. The first movie is, like, sets up the concept of what is a Suicide Squad. And then, like, after that, now they have license to make as many as they want and just mash up a bunch of B-villains and make a team and make an action movie out of it. Like, they, like villains that you're mm. never going to use in a movie, like Polka Dot Man or whatever. It's <laughs> the guy, that's, the guy like, that's in this movie. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's the guy that... Uh, he's in The Dark Knight. He's, uh, uh, like, the cop. Uh, when they're in that scene where they're, like, they they try to, like, assassinate the commissioner and they, like, fake assassinate. Oh, oh, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, He's in something else, too. I recognize his face from something, but I can't uh, remember. David that. Da- God, I'm going to butcher his name, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> David Das Malchin? This guy, yeah. I know this guy. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, my big thing with uh, DC vs. Marvel is I never feel like I'm having fun when I'm watching DC movies, and I thought 
this would be a little bit different where it's like James Gunn like I love the Guardians movies but what I will say is like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is the best thing that the DC universe has to offer. Yeah, that's so, what they got to throw. That's all I hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm one of those people. I <laughs> to hear you say, Terry. Um, I feel like I'm never having fun when I watch DC movies. I think that's probably the reason why I haven't really watched many of them. I haven't seen the Suicide Squad, the one that came out before the this James Gunn one, uh, Batman v Superman. Haven't touched it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like with DC, my problem with the DC movies is that, like, it's so obvious that they don't have the, like, the vision that the Marvel movies have. You know what I mean? Like, like the Marvel movies are so planned out. The whole universe is planned out. All the movies, yes. they're planned out, like, five years ahead of time. They have a timeline. Well, now they have multiple timelines. Oh. We'll see how well they can manage that. But, but DC just felt so slopped together. Like, it was like, you know, they're... Uh, that like as soon as they had something going, then Ben Affleck drops out, and they're like, "Oh well, like now we, now that whole thing is screwed." And yeah, I don't know, like like directors quitting in the middle of the movie, and like it's just everything seems doomed to fail. Yeah. Well, I think Zack Snyder thought he was gonna be that guy, and did did you two know what his plan was for the three Super or Justice League movies? He's gonna don't. build up to Doomsday, right? Well, so his idea was in the first one. And I, I heard this all through the How Did This Get Made podcast, so I oh. give credit for where I heard this. But um, the first, so the first one, they introduced like a kind of a B villain. It's almost like in Avengers when like Loki is kind of doing Thanos's bidding. There's a guy doing this guy Dark Side. Oh, Dark Side, right? I said Doomsday. I meant Dark Side. Yeah. So like in the first one, they have to defeat this like that version of Loki, and then the second movie was going to be Dark Side. But then apparently, what he wanted to have happen was in the second movie. Bruce Wayne was going to sleep with Lois Lane. And so the third movie's villain was going to be Superman. Mm. Like, it was going to drive him crazy and he was going to be bad. And that's why if you watch the the Snyder cut, or the four-hour movie, that, that like, flash forward into the future was going to be from that third movie of, like, like the apocalypse because Superman's a bad guy now. All right, I can see that. Interesting. Um... I am excited for the Batman with Robert Pattinson. We'll see how it goes. Um, You're excited because, because it's Robert Pattinson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a great actor and um, attractive and um, looking forward to seeing what he does with Batman. But um, yeah, I will I will watch The Suicide Squad. I plan on watching it. Uh, Definitely worth watching. Yeah. It's getting incredible reviews. And like you said, Terry, I love what James Gunn did with Guardians and I, I I hope he I hope I have fun watching it is what I'll say okay I wish you the best yeah. thank you <laughs> thank you so much um, the last thing switching from DC to Marvel um, did we all watch episode one of What If I did we did we all did um, thoughts guys what did we think I liked it I mean, I, it's not. Uh, they don't have. They're doing thirty-minute episodes, so they don't have time to like tell a whole alternate version of Captain America. Like, so the first episode, for anyone who who is listening, was mm-hmm. about like an alternate version of Captain America One, basically, where Peggy Carter gets in the machine instead of Steve Rogers, and she becomes Captain Carter. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I thought it was cool. It's a cool concept, but the, in thirty minutes, it's really hard for them to tell like a really compelling emotional story but 
it was like a lot of nods and references to the first one. I'm like, oh, like see how it's different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Terry, what do you think? I thought it was a pretty. So I'm. I love all the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but I would say Captain the first Captain. What's the Captain America the first, first Avenger? Avenger? Yep. That's probably on my lower list because I just think it's so slow. So I thought the fact that they basically told that whole movie in 30 minutes was a bit of a damning of the fact that that movie's like two and a half hours <laughs> okay. long. Yes! Like, so you could have really told the story pretty quickly. Um, and can we, are we spoiling things or? Uh, yeah, we can spoil. We can yeah, spoil. I don't think we care about spoilers on this one. I, I, I thought like, if you watch, like, if you set yourself up for, okay, Peggy Carter's going to be the super soldier, I was a little disappointed by how vital then Steve Rogers had to be in it. <laughs> Yeah, like, it kind of was like, why don't we let Peggy Carter have her time? And then it's like Steve Rogers is like the first Iron Man all of a sudden, and it's kind of like yeah, but it's it's not like in the in the main timeline that Peggy Carter then went on to do nothing. She became the director of Shield, like so yeah, that's true. So if she yeah, becomes the super soldier, he doesn't have to go disappear into the darkness. Like he can just he can still be somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, I maybe not, maybe not Iron Man, but yeah, yeah. It looked like he was the Jeff Bridges suit from Iron Man One. Yeah. What yes. the, the cool thing I took away from the, the Iron Man aspect was that um, does that mean that like Howard Stark kind of had the idea for Iron Man already, and then when Tony they cut to Tony Stark in a yeah. cave and he's like, oh wait a minute, I know what I can build my dad's old suit. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking when I was watching the episode. Um, it 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 was it was fine. Like I um, I didn't have high expectations for it going in. Um, I went into it, you know, when I saw the early trailers for the series. Oh, it's it's a nice thing to tide us over until the next Marvel movie, um, which I think is going to be. Um, well, actually, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings will be right. our next one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't see right now after the first episode how this will have any big implications for us in the MCU. Um, I could I maybe I'll be I don't wrong. Think it will. Uh, well, the only thing I was thinking is it introduces the Watcher. Who yeah, who's kind of more present in the comics? I don't know what if they're going to do anything with that. But. Yeah, but his whole thing is like don't interfere. So yeah, you know, like it could just be like a, he serves as a narrator for maybe more than just what if. But like I don't really see him getting actually involved in the story. The only thing is like they also uh, it's Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. So right. I feel like he would have signed on for something that's bigger than this too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they are going to be dealing with timeline stuff, so there's room for him to come in and slap somebody on the wrist. Yeah. yeah. I was a little unclear on what the what if. So I understand, like, the idea was Peggy being there, but I didn't understand how her being there caused the what if moment. Yeah, I wanted to almost go back and watch the original scene because I guess she left the room in the original scene, and it's something about how that explosion goes off. Like, she causes it to go off early, maybe. Okay. That's the only thing yeah. I could think of. It's been so long since I've seen Captain America, the first Avenger, to be honest, um, yeah. to remember those little details. Um, did you guys uh, did you guys catch the line uh, from Bucky when they're in the train scene? It's like, you almost ripped my arm off there. Yeah, like, there was a, there's a lot of lines like that. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, you guys saw the Bradley... movie, right? Guys. <laughs> yeah. Was Bradley Whitford, he was supposed to be Tommy Lee Jones or that character? No, I, I don't think he was Tommy Lee Jones. I think that's some other uh, army guy. Okay. Tommy Lee Jones gets shot in the beginning. Yeah. In in the first. Oh, I, but I didn't know if that was a what if thing too. Oh. No, yeah, that the wall. No, wait. Tommy Lee Jones doesn't get shot. Stanley Tucci does. 
you know, Stanley Tucci gets blown up, and then and then Tommy Lee Jones' like cartoon avatar gets shot. Oh, you're talking about in What If? Oh, sorry, yeah, I thought we were talking about um the real movie. Oh, uh, yeah. That's where things get tricky. I know. Be prepared for Marvel. Like, the future of Marvel, this is what every conversation is going to be like. like, Are you guys scared? Are you worried? Like, Uh, I don't know. We have a movie with three different Spider Men coming up, so I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I would be more worried if I didn't think Endgame was so amazing. That's fair. Like, they could have, that could have really not gone well. With the amount of time travel. And I know there's all these things like, oh, well, what about this? What does this mean? Like, yeah. the idea of with, if you brought everyone back from the snap, well, what if they were on a plane? Like, like that whole thing. But yeah. like, aside from that, I thought they did the best that yeah. they could have been. You've already seen them try to, like, wave away certain things. Like, uh, when Loki, in the very beginning of Loki, when he's like, well, what about the Avengers? They went back in time. And they're like, oh, well, that was supposed to happen. Like, uh, okay, so is that yeah. what we're doing? Is that how we're going to explain everything right. now? <laughs> How did how did you feel, Terry, about um, them giving Loki their his standalone series and kind of bringing him back after that really final pivotal scene in the beginning of Infinity War, where like he died? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, the way I look at it is like with comic books, like everybody dies and comes back constantly. Like I don't think. In all honesty, I don't think we've seen the end of Chris Evans as Captain America or, or Tony, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. So I was okay with it. I also feel like, you know, they're dealing with these massive stars too. So it's not as easy for them to get certain people to kind of... Because they, they got to continue the content stream, you know what I mean? Mm. And if Tom Hiddleston was kind of like on board for this... Yeah. Then I'm... And I, like, I like Loki a lot as a character. Like, I, I don't think they kind of... As much as I thought his death was, like, a great pivotal scene, like, I didn't feel like, okay, we've run our course with him. Like, I am was happy to spend more time with him as a yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I was good with that's that. That's, when you're talking superheroes, that's inevitably what has to happen is, like, and especially when you're making a movie or a TV show. Like, the act, you can't, you can, actors can't play, I mean, Chris Evans and, and, and Robert Downey Jr. might come back, but they can't, like, Chris Evans can't play Captain America forever, right? And you're not going to just never tell a Captain America story again. So, like, you have mm. to, like, alternate timelines allows you to, even if you don't bring back Chris Evans, allows you to sometime down the line tell a different Captain America story or, and, like, that's, or bring him back somehow with Chris Evans. Like, you know what I mean? Bring him back from the dead or bring him back from where the moon or wherever he's supposed to be right now. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's comic books. Like, how else do you get, the story has to keep going somehow. Yeah. I think the, uh. When you ask me what I'm worried about, I actually I'm not worried about this, but I think the thing I think is the most vital decision they have to make is what they're going to do with Wolverine, because you could say he's the most pivotal Avenger that has not been in Disney's MCU yet, and it can't, it can't be Hugh Jackman. Right. No, like it's to your point, Craig. Like we, we don't have another 20 years of Hugh Jackman Wolverine. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know? yeah. yeah. I, I think he's pretty definitively said he's done with it now. So. But yeah. then he posted something on Instagram. It was a picture of him and Kevin Feige. Yeah. But I think that's a troll. I don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think he might yeah. be trolling us. Um, or maybe he'll do, like, some kind of cameo, like, not as Wolverine, but, like, in the next Wolverine movie, like, he'll be in the background somewhere. Like, mm. yeah. Kind of like in, what was it? Um, uh, was it First Class when he just tells him to, to F off? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> And and um, it reminds me of, and I think it was Deadpool two, where the X Men show up like in the in the like mansion for like a split yeah. second. Yeah, yeah, and they close the door. And they close the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, 
uh, Logan was such a nice send off for that character. Yeah. So yeah, I understand if Hughes Hughes done. Unfortunately, I could see because isn't Deadpool? Th- I could see him being in Deadpool three. Just because how buddy buddy him and Ryan Reynolds. If are. he's in Deadpool three, oh. Deadpool three is the one where Deadpool's going to cross over to the MCU, right? That's what they're saying. That's, so what, we, he's in, that's what we hear. Yeah. So if he's in Deadpool three, then anything's fair game. I don't know. <laughs> God, Kevin Feige, how do you keep all of this straight? How? How? And make sure like all the different movies that are filming yeah. at the same time are like doing their thing and meshing. Probably like an yeah. army of unpaid interns. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, last I'd be a thing, free intern. So. I'd be his intern for free. Would you? Yeah, I would love to be involved. Like, or just in the room, like for, for his meetings in the room when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Nice <laughs> noise. <laughs> last thing on the list. Um, I, I do the countdown every episode. Um, as of today, we're recording. We have seventy-one days until Dune is released. So, getting close-ish. I'm starting my reread. I have a long drive ahead of me this weekend, so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm starting my reread. I'm going to listen to the audiobook, get a good chunk of it done. Yeah. Ter- I'm glad you clarified that, because <laughs> it was like, I have a long drive. I'm going to read a book while I'm driving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I naturally prefer to read the actual book, but I'm not opposed to audiobooks, and with a long drive, that's like a perfect thing, because it's like multiple hours. I don't have to worry about like finishing, like if I run out of a podcast episode to listen to. Or I finish an album, or you know, whatever it is. Like, uh, yeah. like I'll eventually get tired of that. An audiobook, I could just plow through. Yeah. Plus, you said you've read it before, so that's yeah, nice. a long time ago. But um, so I need the refresher before the movie comes out for sure. Yeah. Are you excited um, for Dune, Terry? I didn't put this in the Google the the Google Doc the Google Doc because yeah. I was afraid you, you you specifically would tell me I can't be on the show anymore. Um, <laughs> but I went through Chalamet's IMDb today. Yeah. The only movie I've ever seen that he's in is Interstellar, and I hated it. And he's not and even in that movie that long. I know. I know. <laughs> you haven't seen Lady like, Bird? No, and I wanted to. And I, want, I wanted to see Little Women, and then uh, there was another one I wanted to see, too, and then I, I've just never seen um, it. The, oh, the King, right? The King on Netflix? Yep, The King, Netflix. Yeah, I could see that. I have Netflix. Yeah. But there, uh, it was another one. Bes- oh, uh, I'll definitely see... Um, What's the, what's the name of the movie? French Dispatch? Yeah, Dispatch? French Dispatch. I will definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I want to see Dune. Okay. So I'll, I'll see it. We'll, keep you, we'll yeah. keep you on for the rest of the episode. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We won't kick you off. Um, oh, no. You're, you're breaking up. <laughs> oh, oh, we lost Terry. Oh, we, wa- we wanted to keep him. So yeah. <laughs> so weird. Uh, but before we get into the way, way back, um, you know, we have you on right now, and we'd love to hear about... What are you watching lately? What's what's been um, occupying yeah, you? Yeah, so we talked about the Suicide Squad. I mm-hmm. watched that. Um, actually, I realized I'd never fully watched The Sopranos. And when the trailer came out for what what's it called, The Prince of Newark or The Last King of Newark or uh, the, the many called. scenes of Newark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched that trailer and I was like, all right, now's now's the time. Like I've I've watched all the other like big like I've seen all Breaking Bad, all Mad yep. Men, you know. Um, so I was like, now nah, I should watch this. Uh, so I have six episodes left. Wow, you're almost so done. Through. Yeah. No. Um, Good and for I've, you. I realized I'd watched three seasons. And so I knew all that stuff. And then when season okay. four started. But even with that, like, I feel just because it's such a big piece of, like, the culture, like, there's a lot of stuff 
that big stuff that happened. And I was like, all right, I knew this was going to happen. There hasn't been that many stuff that surprised. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. But there's never, there hasn't been any big moments where it's like, I didn't know this happened. Yeah. That, um, it was like so, what's the, what do they say, in the ethos? <laughs> like, it was just so out there. Like, everybody was talking about it when it was happening that there's yeah. like certain things you just couldn't avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Colin and but I. But I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Colin and I started The Sopranos two months ago and I think we almost got done with season one and we just we 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 were enjoying it we just haven't picked it back up again yeah so yeah. eventually we will it's, a, it's one of those weird shows it's like you laugh during it there's some funny things yeah it's so absurd but I also feel like when you're done watching it there's like this kind of like heavy feeling of like that was kind of depressing if I really peel apart everything I just watched like depressing yeah. dark yeah yeah um, because there are, well, without getting too spoilery, because Britt hasn't seen the show, there's definitely times where you can tell that, and this, I guess this speaks to how good of an actor James Gandolfini was, but like you can tell that Tony Soprano is like not totally happy with it, like even though he's the boss, right? He's like, he's not, he's on some level hates his life. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and when he has to do these horrible things, like you can see how much it hurts him to do it, even though he knows it has to be done. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're so sweet for not wanting to spoil a series that has been off the air for, like, 20 it's years good, or though. something it's, like it's that. It's so good. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is you can't spoil the ending because we still don't know what really happened, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and even I know what the last, what the ending was. I found out the other day. I don't know how I avoided this, but I live, like, literally five minutes from that restaurant. Oh, <laughs> from wow. the restaurant in the last really? season of Sopranos. Yeah, I could walk there. You got to get the onion rings. No, or anything. I mean, Wasn't I, that the it, big thing? Was that I think that's what he ordered, but the yeah. it's really like an ice cream place. It's like kind of it's a restaurant oh. too, but it's like oh. really an ice cream place. I mean, maybe they made it seem more like restauranty in the show. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to go sometime when I visit you. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I'll wait for you. Thanks. All right, shall we get into the way way back? Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. All right, Terry, this was your pick. Um, yeah. Why did you choose this movie? Um, yeah, I, so I just really, really love this movie. It's one of those movies for me where I know there's certain seasons. Like, I think a lot of people have Christmas movies they watch every time. Like, I really like watching Major League right before baseball season starts. And, like, for the, for me, this is a movie I like watching every summer. Um, it's just, like, a good, like, kind of kickoff um, to the summer. I'm also, we've, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I'm a big theme park fan. I'm not a huge water park fan, but still, like, the idea of that kind of being part of this mm-hmm. is just really cool. And I think, like, I also am a huge Sam Rockwell fan. So I just, yeah. like, him being in this movie, and then I read stuff, like, really good stuff before the movie came out. And so it was one of those things where, like, I kind of had to convince my wife to go with me because I didn't want to go by myself. And I, I know we we're going to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes. That was the thing. I was like, it got really good Rotten Tomatoes. And so we went and saw it. Um, we saw it in the theaters. I bought it when it was available, like, for streaming and stuff like that. It's just, uh, it's like a, it, there's some sad parts to it, but I still feel like it's a really nice kind of, you know, cozy movie. Like, you, mm-hmm. it's just, like, kind of feel good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over, overall, in the end, it's, like, an uplifting movie for sure. Yeah. And um, and I definitely know we both agree with you about Sam Rockwell because we've probably talked about him on, like, half of our episodes. He's just wonderful. He's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Um, I yeah. wanted to ask the yeah. two of you on Sam Rockwell. Most likable Nazi in movie history? Yeah, in Jojo so. Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. I think I mean, so. I, yeah. 
He's finally getting the uh, like the accolades he in the you know recognition he deserves. He's been acting for a long time now, but I feel like in the last five years or so, people have really started to show him a little bit of respect. Yeah, yeah. Did um, did you have you ever seen the movie Safe Men? No, no. So it's it's it was the first time I ever saw it. Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell, and Steve Zahn, mm-hmm. and they're um, lounge singers that get mistaken for uh safe crackers by paul giamatti plays like a low-level gangster nice that is like sent to find these two guys and he mixes them up and finds rockwell and zahn and it's just kind of like a funny like crime spoof from there on in and uh ruffalo's in it oh okay and dinklage is in it too oh oh awesome it's a good it's good it's really good so it's kind of one of those things like uh, i like it almost like if you heard, like, a band before they hit big, yeah. and you just kind of follow them, like, that's kind of was the Rockwell's, like, debut album for me, so to speak. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you're also, you're a North Shore, Massachusetts yeah. guy? Okay. Yep. This takes place in South my... Shore. Well, Cape Cod. Cape Cod. I don't want to give, okay. yeah. That's true. Cape Cod gets a special, South Shore is its own thing. That's yeah. true. Wanna, that's true. Yeah. Thank do you they even me. say what town it's in ever? <laughs> like, I don't think they do, right? They don't like. Specific. It's in East Wareham. There's a yeah. sign that's. Oh, okay. uh, it says Waterways East Wareham. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, a um, little bit of just quick facts about the way, way back. It was released July 5th, 2013, um, in the U.S. Um, other movies that summer were really getting into the, like the big blockbuster franchise uh, that summer. I just listed a few, but you had Iron Man 3. Fast and Furious 6, the Star Trek Into Darkness, Pacific Rim, and then you throw in The Great Gatsby, the remake with Leo, was a summer release. Um, there you go. But a lot of the big franchise movies, and then you had uh, The Way Way Back, just stuck in there around the 4th of July. Do you guys know why it's called that? Like, uh, be- because... I, well, I, read th- I read that they were originally going to call it the way-, the way Back, but then they had to rename it because there was another movie called The Way Back around that time as well. About those people. But, that yeah, but what it's referencing, I was referencing that seat in the in a seat. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. All right. The way way back. Oh no, <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't okay, get okay. that, but now I. Do. Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, You've never heard that? Like, no, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sit in the the way way back. Yeah, the way back. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. heard that. Yeah, but I just, for some reason I didn't pick up on it. Oh. Well, there <laughs> but, you go. Uh, but uh, but that thing I did read about how it was supposed to be called the way back. That was a thing too. Yeah, I like the way way back. I'm glad that they couldn't name it the way back. Um, I I also saw this movie in theaters, um, but Greg, you watched it for the first time yeah, for this I had episode. Never seen it. I had heard about it, but yeah, I had never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Nat Faxon, uh, Boston boy. He's done a ton of stuff, um, but he won uh, best adapted screenplay at the Oscars for The Descendants. Um, he's in Walk Hard, another movie we've done on the podcast. It's a yeah. pretty small role, and he's also in Orange County. Which who put that? Who brought that up? You did. I did, I, I I haven't seen Orange County in so long. So you know when they, they go to Stanford, yes, and then uh, Colin Hanks gets in a fight with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend yep. goes to the frat party, and she's talking to a frat guy. Oh, is that him? He's he's the frat guy, and it's oh. that's one of those things. My friends and I all saw that together. 
And it's one of that guy, for whatever reason, just stuck out to us as a character we reference all the time. Because he tells her about how he's writing a TV show about vampires, but it's also really about the unification of Germany. And then he goes, uh, but it's also really funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I always think of Nat Faxon in Beer Fest. He's one of the Germans. Yep. Oh, another movie I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say he directed this with Jim Rash. Um, they are like partners um, in the industry. They they wrote um, The Descendants together. Um, and they also wrote this movie. Yep. Of community fame. The Dean. An iconic, if you've watched, well, I feel like he's iconic for people who've watched Community. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's an iconic character. Community just has like a weird like cult fan base yeah for sure i love community yeah yeah um very modest budget for this movie five million it made 26.9 million so not too bad not too shabby um and like you mentioned terry uh the water park water whiz um is in east where massachusetts um steve carell one of the stars of this film uh he summers in marshfield so that was a enticing movie location to help get him on board for this movie yeah i think the five million is crazy when you think about every character in this movie is like somebody like there isn't like the no name like like neighbor that oh this person i don't know who this person is everybody is somebody yeah they're either somebody or they're an extra like there's not too many unknowns um but fun fact about marshfield um brit and i have a friend from college who uh, his family had a house down in Marfield, uh, Marshfield, and uh, there was a year where we we volunteered at. Uh, they had a triathlon, like the Marshfield Triathlon, I think they call it, or mm-hmm. Duxbury Duxbury Triathlon. And uh, there's a scene in the movie where uh, they drive across in Owen's car, like this like big long wooden bridge. And yeah. we stood. The triathlon goes across that bridge. They run one way and they bike the other way. And uh, we stood out on that bridge in the pouring rain for like three hours just to like move cones because they ran like it was like you know how they change the traffic lanes like so that one side is wider so everyone ran out and then when the last runner went we had to move all the cones over so that they could bike back the other way and it was like it was pouring rain we were out in the middle of that same that same bridge for like three hours just moving cones it was horrible did you get visceral flashbacks when you saw the bridge watching the yeah. movie? There's a great picture of like the group of us that went, like all just soaked, wearing our volunteer shirts, like right there. <laughs> Fun fact: uh, Steve Carell owns—I don't know if he still does—but he had a little like country store in Marshfield. Him and his wife owned and ran it. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's still a thing, but yeah. Uh, getting into the cast. Um, Duncan, the main character, played by Liam James. I don't really know what else he's done. I don't know if you guys have anything to add. No. I feel like I, I recognize the, his face, but I don't really know. what I should have looked at what else he's in. But <laughs> I looked at the IMDb and saw that he played like the young version of the main character on Psych, oh. which was always a show that I was like, I bet I'd like this, and I never watched <laughs> it. Fair, fair. Um, Steve Carell, we know him. We love him. I don't think I need to explain what uh, who Steve Carell is. Tony Collette um, as Pam. Um, the Sixth Sense, like, about a boy, hereditary, Little Miss Sunshine with Steve Carell. She's just wonderful. She should have been nominated for Hereditary, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, Sam Rockwell, we've mentioned. Allison Janney, Anna Sophia Robb, uh, the wonderful Maya Rudolph, uh, Rob Corddry, Amanda Peet, Jim Rash, Nat Faxon, um, and Robert Caffron. 
So. Yeah, when when Rob Corddry and Amanda Peet show up as like the friends, that's when I was like, oh, okay, there are a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was like when you're starting to get into like deep cut characters, and I'm like, I know all these people. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. This is one of my favorite Rob Corddry. Like, I like when Rob Corddry's going, like, full Rob Corddry. Like, mm-hmm. in Hot Tub Time Machine and, like, other things. But I just really like this because he's so understated in this. Yes. Yeah. Like, he just seems like a guy you'd really want. Like, I know we'll get into this with spoilers. But even when he finds out, like, that his best friend's sleeping with his wife, he's kind of like, oh, all right. Like, he just seems like kind of like, yeah. yeah. like a nice guy. Um, which, normally, he doesn't really play that. Yeah. And yeah. he's, um, is he from Mass as well? Yeah, yeah Weymouth. Weymouth. Yeah. Those Massachusetts guys, they're the best. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this movie, if we had to give a synopsis, pretty much um, it starts with Duncan is in the, sitting in the way, way back of a station wagon with Steve Girl's character, Trent. His mother, uh, played by Tony Collette, is sleeping in the passenger seat. And you are, automatically get the sense that Trent is a huge dick. Um, he asks Duncan what he rates himself on a scale of one to ten, and Duncan's just like uh, a six. And Trent says, "Nah, you're a three. Um, yeah, so, so right off the bat, you're like, "This guy sucks." Um, I guess uh, Duncan's parents recently got divorced, recently-ish in the last couple of years. Um, so Trent's dating his mom, and they're on their way to their summer uh, vacation beach house in Massachusetts. We meet Alice and Janney's character, Betty. Um, who's Alice and Janney is so good in this movie. Yeah, she really is. I love Alice and Janney. Oh, my she God. She comes in so hot. So and hot. And at the end, you're like, at the end, I'm like, I really hope her and Tony Club become Facebook friends. Like, yeah. I don't want those <laughs> At the bare to minimum. Not, yeah. yeah. To not never see each other or contact each other again. Yes. Yeah. Um, Allison Janney is the neighbor at the beach house. Um, she has a daughter named Susanna, played by Anna Sophia Robb, and a son named Pete, who has like a lazy eye. That's that um, Allison Janney's character is always kind of knocking him for, and she makes him wear an <laughs> eye patch sometimes because she thinks his eye confuses people. Um, she's just like drunk all the time, day drinking, night drinking all the time. Wonderful character. We love her. Um, then we meet, um, Trent's daughter, who is just also the worst. Yeah. 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 Um, Are we going to talk about the beach? Yeah, please. Please. I I don't, I I really want both of your opinions on this because I don't think I understand what's happening here. Yes. Because what, what we learn is that Tony Collette and Duncan, or Pam and Duncan live in Albany. And so Trent must also live in Albany. Yes. But they're now in East Wareham, Cape Cod, and when they go to the beach, the daughter's boyfriend is there, it seems like her best friends are there, but yes. she's in the car when they drive there. So it's yes. not like she lives in East Wareham. Right. Thoughts. I don't... I, yes. Uh, I got the impression that it's been his, it's like, it's been his house for a while, like maybe he inherited it from his family, and that like... Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it's like a summer boyfriend for her. Like, she sees him every summer. That could be yeah. it. 
Do we know if the mother lives in East Wareham? Do we know that? Is that? I don't think they really mention her much. We don't. Okay. That's the, the only thing is why is she in the car then in the beginning? Because she's in the car too when he's yeah. right. When he's giving him when he's saying you're a three, they show Tony Collette sleeping and then they show her sprawled out and because that's why Duncan's in the way back. Right. She's sprawled out in the back. Maybe they. Maybe when her before Steve Carell and and her mother split up, they lived in Massachusetts. So, like, these are friends. And then she, like, went and lived with Steve Carell in Albany when the parents split. Mm-hmm. Like, he left and, to go to Albany, yeah. Well, she says, the daughter says at one point, like, my dad will let me do whatever I want because I only see him twice a year. Mm. So maybe, maybe they do live in Massachusetts. That just, I was like, I don't Or maybe they picked this. her up from yeah. her mom's house. And she yeah. just immediately falls asleep in the bed. <laughs> just, yeah. Don't, she clearly this doesn't really want to be there. Duncan getting the way back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I did like when the friend says... One of the friends goes, so and so broke up with so and so, and the other friend goes, "Good, I don't get her face." Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the yeah best I don't get her face. And the next one goes, "It looks like she fell on it." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, poor Duncan. You get the sense that this kid is super introverted, and he's on this vacation um, with his mom and her boyfriend, which and his um, the boyfriend's daughter is the worst, and so are her friends and. As a ch- as a child of divorce and my mom, um, you know, being married three times and seeing, you know, meeting stepdads, uh, kids and wanting to be on your best behavior because you don't want to rock the boat for your mom and her new relationship. But you're like, I don't really want to hang out with these people. I really like empathize with Duncan watching this movie personally. Yeah, I... I mean, I didn't have any uh, the experience of like a divorced family or anything, but like I've definitely been the awkward kid that like you know like or like being in a place where you don't really know anyone and like yeah. it's new to you and like you don't know like who to go talk to or where to go and you have that awkward like what do I do with myself like that I've definitely experienced that before. Yeah, and almost like a good way of describing that feeling is saying something like it felt like I was wearing jeans at the beach and like that's what he's doing in this. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that even adds more to the, like, this this kid doesn't belong and he's very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, we eventually meet Joan, played by Amanda Pete, and Kip, played by Rob Corddry. They are summer beach house friends of Trent, and that's what we're, yeah. Well, he yeah. got them in the divorce. He's known them for yeah. a while, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. known them for a while. Uh, we already get that sense. Um so this the speech house is not a place that Duncan really wants to be. So he takes he finds that bike. It's clearly a girl's bike with tassels, and he yeah, rides it's down. It's probably That's Trent's the, daughter's bike from when she yeah, jumped. Yeah, that's what I assume. Oh, right. Good, yeah. Yeah. good, good, good. That's what I assume. <laughs> Although I did think it was odd that that garage was not locked. <laughs> well, it's a beach so, town, though. Yeah, it like, might, have been, yeah, might have been locked before they like got the there. That was an expensive canoe that was in that garage. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, you know, like... Again, vacation, right? These adults are drinking yeah. all the time. Like, no rules in this place. Don't lock yeah. your sheds. Like, vacation land. Yeah, I need to have an affair with my friend's wife in there. Yeah, it's vacation. <laughs> yeah. No rules. Um, but we finally meet Sam Rockwell's character at the ar- ar- eh, at the arcade, um, Owen. And Owen automatically is the coolest guy. He's so nice to Duncan. Um However, I might hate him if I actually worked with him. Like, his personality <laughs> is so, like, 
oh, big and like all like the corny jokes. Like I feel for Maya Rudolph's character, which we'll get to when she's like, you just need to do your fucking job. Like, yeah, I, I've worked with I, when I was working at uh, there was a couple summers where I worked at a summer camp as a counselor. And like there's always that person that like has worked there for a while and like acts like they own the place. Yeah. You know, when it's like, dude, we all just work here like you. Like, get over it. <laughs> but I guess he was actually the manager or, like, the, whatever. He did live there. Yeah, he lived there. Yeah. So, I mean, he had more responsibility than the average employee. But still, like, there's definitely been that, like, I've had that experience of, like, a person who kind of thinks they're above it, you know? Yeah. How do we think he got that role? I just assumed the owner of the park was, like, a fun-loving guy maybe without any kids to hand it down to and he just kind of saw something and yeah I, or he like he started working there when he was a teenager like duncan and then just never left yeah and then like like terry said the 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 guy that was in that role before it was just like you've been here forever you're a great you're a great dude here you can have my job and you can live here yeah, yeah. um god the the scene on the on the freaking boat when they go on Joan and Kip's boat and Steve Carell makes, um, Trent makes Duncan wear a life jacket and he's the only one that has to wear one. It like, makes make me so mad. That, I mean, it made me mad, but it also didn't make any sense to me. Like how out of touch do you have to be to, re- to realize what you're doing to this kid? Like, or to not realize. Yeah. Um, what well, I think he, he wanted to like put him down in a sense. Cause remember the scene when they, when we meet Kip and Joan, when he Duncan, like, when Amanda Peet and um, the Duncan's mom are dancing with him, like you can see Steve Carell is like jealous, and he turns the music <sighs> off. And he's like, "All right, we're done with that." Yeah, mm-hmm. like this, oh, this what? kid's what? having fun. Like people are paying attention to him. Like no, yeah, yeah it's awful. Um, yeah, I really, I really feel for Duncan in that scene, and also going to focusing on Steve Carell for a second. This is two years after he leaves the office. This movie came out, and I remember. Um, this is probably the first thing I saw him in after The Office, or one of the first, and it's such a different role for him, seeing him as Michael Scott and then seeing him as this guy. Um, I think it was a really smart choice for him um, to maybe have audiences see him in a different light and get out of the the Michael Scott uh, frame of mind. But um, for sure. he, he plays a great asshole in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. There's an, isn't there another movie more recently where he kind of plays an asshole? Um, uh, I'm not gonna I mean, there was Foxcatcher. Yeah, maybe it was Foxcatcher. That's a different kind of thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I no. mean, I mean, maybe that's not nice. No, he's definitely not nice. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, was he? I didn't watch Space Force or Camp Space Camp. Space Force. Oh, right. He plays like a military, like a very like by the books, like like tight-laced military guy oh the morning show he he plays a an ass in the morning show yeah he's not a nice guy great show um but getting back to the way way back uh duncan finally gets to water whiz um also he just walks in we don't see him he just goes there and he hangs out yeah i thought that was a little weird I thought, I, I know I wrote this in the thing, but I thought, like, because he walks right through the employee entrance. It clearly labeled the employee entrance. <laughs> and I didn't know if it was, like, a foreshadowing moment where they were like, let's do this, where he walks through and it's like, he's going to start working here, or it was just like, okay, we need to get the kid in the park. Yeah. 
I think, uh, yeah, I think he just snuck in, and then after that he didn't have to. But, yeah, he just snuck in the first time. I, I, he might have seen other kids do it. I get the impression that that door is probably pretty loosely guarded <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah, again, vacation land, no rules. Yeah. Um, they, we meet uh, Caitlin, played by Maya Rudolph. We meet Lewis, played by Jim Rash. Um, we meet uh, Nat Faxon's character, um, and then they do this thing they called <laughs> called Ride with Benefits, which pretty much is um, when they see like an attractive girl, they like have her hold before they go. She can go down the slide. Um, but <laughs> and I saw Terry. You made a note in here. How old is that girl supposed so, to be? I did some research yesterday. <laughs> okay. In the in the IMDb, her her tag is beautiful woman. Okay. She was in um, my best friend's girl, which was a Dana Cook, D- Dane Cook movie. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand eight, so I don't think she was. This was two thousand thirteen. Yeah. So she's I doubt she was in that Dane but... Cook. Yeah, I doubt she was like. But that's and the then, actress, um, not the character she's playing. The character she's playing, I think, was very clearly a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> that, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, and the weird thing too is when she goes down, and then Owen and Duncan go after. When Owen kind of grabs her in the pool, she yeah. says, "Come on, Owen!" Like she's so a regular. She knows him. That's not saying true. that's okay, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not stranger danger. I would say is this, right. This yeah, yeah, up but, in the air. Yeah, one thing I I did want to up was when we first see the dynamic between Caitlin and Owen and yes. she's like how about you come down here and actually manage this place and he goes how about you come up here and we talk about politics yeah that every time I watch that this movie that line always <laughs> yeah they have a very interesting relationship um you get the sense that Caitlin has worked at the water park for maybe not as long but a long time as Owen she's says three years yeah i think later on she says three years so like at the time yeah she does say three years like wasted or whatever when she gets really angry at him interesting um you get a sense right off the bat that they have this flirty relationship um and we'll get into more as the movie progresses with what's going on with those two um but duncan gets hired at the water park yeah. Very exciting. Two, two of my favorite quotes from the movie were right then when he gets hired is that Sam Rockwell says in his like really big like a dramatic voice is this is the place where dreams are made of or destroyed. <laughs> Depends on how you feel about working at a water park. <laughs> and then uh, when Caitlin comes over and tells them they, they have a situation that they have to deal with, he goes, is it a homicide? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a homicide. <laughs> um which it turns out to be the breakdancers. Yeah. So that's the situation. So yep. our, our outline might be a little slightly out of order, but, but yeah, the, the dance-off scene is the situation that they have to go to. Yeah. So Duncan slowly starts to come out of his shell and feel more like his, himself in this water park. Um, handles the breakdancing situation with, you know, class i guess or (laughs) charisma he can do he dances them right out of there he dances them right out of there he gets the nickname pop and lock he's just really feeling good um and then he has to go home to this situation that really sucks um the adults have a party and i've been at those parties as a teenager where the adults are all drunk i don't know if you guys have ever been in those situations when you're Mm -hmm. not of drinking age and the all the adults are partying and you're just like hanging out with the other kids like my 
my parents are acting like drunk idiots right now. This is weird. Um, unfortunately for Duncan, he sees Trent and uh, Joan hooking up. Yeah. Really, really uh, uncool. Um, and he wants so badly to, for his mom to acknowledge what is happening and stick up for herself. Um, she's just not there yet. Really well, that's when she kind of you see it where Steve Carell's she's like you you've been gone this long and you only have the marshmallows mm-hmm. and Steve Carell's like Joan has the rest and then you see kind of Pam be like it kind of washes yeah that's when like, she oh. first kind of realizes yeah 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 but and that's she... also when when Steve Carell and, and or when Trent and uh, Joan are kind of hooking up when he kind of pushes her away. And Joan says, oh, just not this summer. You find out that this might be a thing that's been going on for years and years. Yep. Ugh, just trashy, trashy, trashy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, Duncan goes to Waterwiz and Susanna um, follows him there. And Terry, I know this is one of your favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, I well, it's a specific part in it is when so she follows him and goes back to get her stuff because at one point earlier she says like where do you go yeah and he starts to tell her but he stammers and she's like no no that's fine like let it be yours and then she fo- then she kind of like throws caution in the wind and then follows him and he's like what about let it be mine she's like oh, I held that as long as I could and as he's talking to her you see Nate Faxon and Sam Rockwell being like oh man it's on it's so on. And so Sam Rockwell takes the, my favorite part is he takes the, uh, loudspeaker. what is it, the, 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 yeah, the loudspeaker. Yeah. He's like, Duncan, please report to Administrative Accounts International. And like, he's yelling at him this whole time. And then as soon as Duncan gets over, he's like, quickly, quickly, quickly. And then as soon as he gets over, he just turns it off and goes, what's up, dude, you need something? Like, that part is just. <laughs> yeah. And, a, yeah, and in the, um, yeah, in the IMDb. I read that, so when he's yelling at him, he says something about how his voice is hoarse because he made out with Lewis's mom, who has a yeah. touch of herpes. Apparently, the wa- the actual Water Whiz owner heard that and was really mad, and Sam Rockwell had to go apologize to him because was, he was using the real loudspeaker. And so the actual <laughs> park, everyone heard his mom has a touch of the herpes. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, Sam Rockwell seems like the one of the most fun people. Yeah, I, I read... I'm maybe on the IMDb page. I read somewhere that uh, he improvised a lot of his lines, like especially the last. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, totally not surprised. Um, Trent it spends a night all a night out with Kip all night. Um, I think we all agree that he was probably out with Joan. Um, right, and we find out that he was lying because Kip later says the boat was broken. That's when she really find like that's when she really realizes that something was wrong, right? Or, or that he was lying. Exactly. Um, big blowout at the party. This heartbreaking line of Trent telling Duncan that his dad doesn't want him and doesn't want him to live with him. Um, just made it, that line just gets me every time I watch this movie. It's one of the shittiest things you can say to a kid um, whose parents are divorced. Um, so Duncan says, fuck this. I'm going to Water Whiz. And lo and behold, they're having a party. Um, because Lewis is apparently leaving Water was finally. Yeah, um, Jim Rash's character constantly threatening to leave the park. Yeah. The movie. <laughs> yeah, um, Peter goes with Duncan. And again, Owen is just so nice to Peter. Um, he's wearing his eye patch. And he's like, my mom makes me wear this because she says it confuses people. 
um, he and Owen's like, let me see it. And he takes off his eye patch and he's just like, oh my God, like I would kill to have that eye. Like, you know how many bits I could do with that thing? And just making Peter feel so welcomed and comfortable. Yeah. Just the best. Um, we hear that, you, uh, in Greg, you already said this, Caitlin talks about with Owen about, um, basically she's worked at this water park for, park for as long as she has because of Owen. Um, I would never do that for a guy, walk work at a water park for multiple years but i got okay. the impression that they they previously had a thing and that she broke it that's, off i was curious what your yeah that, that's that's the that. impression i got is that they maybe previously had a thing she broke it off because he was so immature but like she interesting yeah yeah because the way he kisses her on the forehead in that scene and then when duncan leaves how he kind of like like snuggle, and I've watched this movie twice in the last week. So if it yeah. seems like I have a foot, it's it's just very fresh in my mind. It just seems to me like that seems like a level of intimacy that's greater than just hey, we make flirty jokes at work. Hmm. Like if I do feel like something has happened there, it just hasn't been taken to the next level of a full on relief because they feel like the type of people that if they started dating, they'd be on date fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's why I thought either they previously had a thing or they. Or there's just like a general deepness to their relationship that's not necessarily romantic, but they've known each other and worked together for a long time and whatever, you know? Yeah, I think for for me, I mean, hearing your takes, like, they all make sense. Uh, personally, I thought that they've, for some reason, never quite got to that, that stage of dating before because um, Caitlin thought that Owen wasn't mature enough or whatever. Um yeah, that's just Well, what she I does think. say at one point, like, that's why this, this doesn't happen. Exactly. But I still, I mean, they're two, like, adults that are clearly, there's something between the two of them. I would find it hard to believe that nothing's happened in terms, you know what I mean? Like, that's... I, I Could they have, like, hooked up before? Sure. That's what I mean, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I, I could say that, but for them being actually, like, exclusive and committed to each other, I always thought that that's never happened before. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I, I could be on board with that, yeah. with that analysis. Uh, while we're yeah. talking about Maya Rudolph, though, I thought it was very apparent that she was pregnant while filming this movie. <laughs> so that's really? in the IMDb. Yeah, like, yeah, I like I noticed it right away. I don't know, like just the well, types of shirts she was wearing. Like I saw. Wow. I, yeah. Because in it says it's so funny in the IMDb. It's because I what I what I, I want to say it exactly the way it said. It is quite noticeable during the farewell party that she's pregnant. I just thought that was so sassy for IMDb. It was almost yeah. like they were mad that she looked pregnant. Yeah. But it's quite noticeable that she's pregnant in that scene. Yeah. You didn't hide yeah. this enough. No, yeah. I feel like, yeah. and maybe in the very beginning when she was wearing her staff t-shirt, it wasn't very very obvious, but like, I don't know. I feel like second or third times I saw her on the screen, I, I noticed it right away. Wow. No, like, I wasn't, I I wasn't po- it. I wasn't positive, but I was like, oh, she might be pregnant. Like while they were hmm. filming this, and like then, and then later on in the movie, I was like, "Oh, she's definitely pregnant." Yeah. Well, the yeah. the dress she wears in the party almost looks like a maternity dress. Like it. Has oh, absolutely. Kind of that, yeah, the empire yeah. waist and it's yeah, flowy. Is that what that's called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. An empire. Okay. Fashion. Yeah. <laughs> um, How about uh, that 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 move that uh, what's the name Sam Rockwell does. Yeah. It seems like like it knocked up when he's like he's doing the dice move. That's really like yeah, like yeah. that move he does. He does it in this movie. He does it in Iron Man <laughs> Two when he's Justin Hammer. Oh, yeah, and then he does it in. You, did either of you ever see Mister Right? 
which yeah. is Hitman with Anna Kendrick. Yeah. He does it in that movie too. It's like and, his go-to yeah. move. It's his go-to exactly. move. He does it whenever he's on like a whenever he's on a talk show. He does it like when they introduce him. He comes out dancing like that. He's got this like little shuffle move. What? I mean, he is a good that's dancer, so but like that's yeah, good. The, the, that shuffle step is like his signature move. That's so yeah. funny. He's wearing the fedora backwards for some reason. Oh, but. yeah. The only guy who could probably pull that off, by the way. Not look like a complete... Oh. Oh, sorry, one other no, thing no. I really love in the party is uh, when they do the squirt guns on Lewis. <laughs> and he says, my doctor says I'm not supposed to get water on my face. Yeah. That just always reminds me of uh, the Simpsons line, my doctor, when Lenny gets hit with pudding it. And he said, yeah. my eye, my doctor says I'm not supposed to get pudding in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I love the way uh, Lewis delivers the line, too. It's so good. Yeah. Um, we find out at the party, um, Owen really s- finds out that um, Duncan's home life and Trent, his mom's boyfriend, are just a terrible situation for him. Um, so uh, Duncan goes back to the beach house the next morning, um, finds out that Trent decides they're leaving their vacation early, Um Duncan gets his kiss from Susanna finally. Um, he tries earlier in the movie and she just says, like, Duncan, no. We find that he just caught her off guard, I guess. Yeah, Which was... I. Uh, yeah. That's a little copy. He got the whatever. kiss. He got the kiss. Yeah. Good for him. Um, on the way out in the car, Duncan's in the way, way back again. They're at a red light or they're at the gas station. Gas station? Gas station. Gas station. Duncan makes a break for it and runs the water whiz. Um, when Michael and his Pam, uh, Pam runs after him. When Mike, when uh, Trent yells Pam, all I hear is Michael Scott. Yeah. That's all I hear. Uh, takes me out of the movie for a split second. Um, but Duncan's mom follows him and uh, she, she walks into this water park and she sees where her son has been spending his time the past you know couple weeks however long they've been there and yeah, she sees that he was the employee of the month yeah loves him. yeah um and duncan passes owen on the water slide it's uh like a legend like a summer legend at this water was that somebody passed somebody on the water slide once um and duncan does it um uh trent trent shows up and he's like are, are, are you done like are you done here are you done making making a show and getting attention and um i love when owen comes over and kind of like stands in front of duncan to protect him i was like yeah owen's the best and when he says i'm a i'm a good friend uh, good friend of the three yeah yeah the yeah. Three. yeah 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 the three. Oh, such a cool character um they do get back in the car um but duncan's mom joins him in the way way back um I, t- I always took the ending, and the movie ends there. And I kind of take it as, um, I'd like to think that Pam leaves Trent. Um, yeah, or stays yeah. long enough to get that house. Stays long enough to get the house. <laughs> um, it is nice. Yes. Like, it seems like that, yeah. you know, her and Duncan belonged in that house afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, he's got this whole thing going. She was friends with Alice yeah. and Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they should have just stayed with them for the rest of the summer. I yeah. know. That was like one of those, when he says that, like, we can stay somewhere else. The summers aren't over. Let's stay somewhere else. It was like one of those, like, naive kid things. Like, yeah. I know. That's not how You don't how really it understand. Works. Yeah, it's not how life works. Because that's the other thing, too, that I want to talk to you guys about yeah. is the idea of how long were they staying? 
And how was that a <laughs> yeah. thing? Like, if he's a car salesman and she's a caterer, the summer for caterers, I would assume, is fairly busy. Like, that's just a... Uh... Maybe it's, like, her business and she has employees. Like, maybe. She could own it. Yeah. Car maybe. salesman? He could be a very off. good. I, I think there are some. I've I've known car car salesmen that do very well. So yeah. could depends on what kind of cars. No, he's I selling. know, but taking that much time off work owns a car it's dealership, a maybe. <laughs> yeah. He could own it. Yeah, yeah. Did mm-hmm. you notice what the 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 when it rains and they show the car outside and he's put the tarp over the car? Oh yeah, like just to further show what an asshole he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he plays an asshole very well in this movie. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was any other like real, oh, a, a line that I just thought was really funny, um, was when the during the dance off scene when they first walk over and Nat Faction and Sam Rockwell have this little conversation about like all the different pop and lock moves that they're pulling out. And like, yeah, we got B boys, 1990s, yeah. like coin, coin drops, like and they're going through, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's like, any punkin and jukin. He's like, no, not not this far from Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was like a, like a throwaway little line. And I just thought it was so hilarious. Yeah. Um, this this movie is, I mean, the cast is pretty stacked. Um, great. Like you said, I think you said it's like a cozy movie for you, Terry. Um, you, there are some rough scenes in it, like emotional scenes. But I think the feeling you get at the end is... Um, like these people, like Duncan and his mom are gonna be all right. Um, and I remember when this movie came out, it was getting Oscar buzz and good reviews, and it didn't get nominated for any Oscars or any Globes. Um, any idea why? I don't know what I'm bad at that stuff. Like what was also out that year? I know we talked about those summer movies, but I don't think any of those. Yeah. God. Yeah, I was, think... was that the year Tyrese got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Fast and the Furious Six? No, oh, I don't know. That was a joke. That was a joke. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, what? <laughs> I know. So I was like, oh my god, how did I not know this? <laughs> Tyrese. Um, twenty. So twenty thirteen was a stacked year. Um, you had ten. Uh, I believe that was ten years. Twelve years a slave. Yeah. Twelve years a slave. Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, Blue Jasmine. Um, so was that like was theory, theory of Everything or something was right around then too with Eddie Redmayne. Yet her, yep. So I think this was a summer release. I think that maybe hurt it a bit. Oscar movies um, award season usually starts in October, um, so I think it could have gotten forgotten. Yeah, I also don't know if I mean maybe for writing, like like screenplay but i don't know if there was any one like actor or actress performance that really knocked me away or blew me away excuse me but yeah you know like sam rockwell was good i was gonna yeah sam rockwell's um... on some level i feel like he was just being sam rockwell though like like, how much (laughs) how much acting was he doing that's fair fair. (laughs) yeah the the movie i saw it was referenced a lot or his performance was referenced a lot was to bill murray and meatballs but i've never seen that yeah, yeah I, mean, I can either. see Bill Murray playing a character like this. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah, totally. Or like a like a scruffier Brian Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, okay. like, a, like a very Van Wilder esque, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. like the guy who knows everything. Like I run the show around yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, 
it was a stacked year. Um, like I said, 12 Years a Slave, Dallas Buyers Club, Her, um, American Hustle, Captain Phillips. Yeah, I know Wolf that. Of, um, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that it was in 2013. Wait, was that the same year as Wolf of Wall Street? Mm-hmm. I thought Wolf of Wall Street was much Jonah more Hill was nominated for... I might be looking at the wrong thing then. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, I saw that there was like some bonus features available on uh, YouTube. And uh, I didn't end up watching them all, but like I noticed that uh, Jim Rash had auditions for like most of his community cast members. Like there's audition tapes for Joel McHale like auditioning for Sam Rockwell's role and uh, Gillian Jacobs auditioning for Maya Rudolph's role. And Danny Pudi was auditioning for some role. I don't know who. That's uh, Abed from uh, com- from Community. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and uh, so I thought that was cool. Just, I didn't. I didn't actually watch cool. the uh, the auditions, but I just thought it was yeah. interesting. They, like he was trying to help them out. You know, although Joel McHale was already kind of a big star, but Community was on at the time. They were all working together on Community. So yeah, yeah. I feel like McHale would have been like kind of too smarmy, and he's also so like physically imposing. Like Sam Rockwell's probably like. Yeah, I also Four didn't watch the audition, so maybe he was. Maybe it wasn't for Sam Rockwell's role. Now that I think about it, oh, well, actually, you know what? He would have been a great Kip. Yeah, not Kip. Um, Trent. Yeah, either one of them, really. Oh yeah. Like I think you could. Like, That's true. Nothing against either one of them, but I think you could substitute Joel McHale into a Rob Corddry role in a lot of different places. Yeah. Well, does anybody have anything else to add about the way way back before we wrap? No, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you picked it, Terry. And uh, it was great having you on the show. I, I thank you both for having me. I had a great time, and I'm, I'm glad, Greg, that uh, I introduced you to a, a new movie that you like. Uh, that would have been really awkward if you were like, I didn't care for this. We, we had a yeah. rough <laughs> 60 <laughs> minutes here. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I, and I wouldn't have lied either. If I didn't like it, I would have told you. <laughs> but I did, but I did. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> listeners, you know what to do. If you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe. Um, find Talk us on Instagram. Yeah, talk to us on Twitter like Terry does. Yeah, talk to us on Twitter like Terry does. Our handle is friends. You can be on the show. Friends like film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, yeah, right. Uh, friends my, like films was not available. Sorry. Yeah. So just film. Yeah. Um, Instagram at friends like films. Um, and yeah, leave us comments. Send us messages. The offer still stands that we're accepting beef. If you don't like what we're doing, yeah, we would definitely love a beef. tell us. It would be great for our reputation if we were yep. beefing with somebody. That would be great. Um, and thanks again, Terry. We had so much fun. Anytime. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Let's plug our next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please, Greg, do the honors. So our next episode, we are going to have another guest, uh, uh, another fan of ours, uh, a friend of mine. And, and Britt, you've met her once, I think, uh, who we've referenced a few times on the show, Becca, who has uh, sent us in some feedback. And uh, she has been one of our one of our strongest staunchest followers since the beginning (laughs) and uh so she's going to be joining us for our next episode and we're going to be doing a league of their own classic summer baseball movie penny marshall directed tom hanks can't go wrong madonna come on so we're looking forward to having becca and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun all right and we'll see you next time bye Bye.